Hey everyone, I'm Sina Hagiha and welcome to First Serve. The path to live a fulfilled and abundant life is to learn, grow and serve and that is what this podcast is all about. We will have guests on the show who are utilising their skills to make a positive impact to our world. Together we can gain a lot of insights, expand our knowledge and apply our learnings to serve others to the best of our abilities. Our guest today started a business in the middle of a global pandemic as a side hustle and it is already taking off. One thing that differentiates his brand is the way in which he is given back to the local community which stemmed from uncovering his purpose. When I first heard his story I could see how passionate he was and how it could resonate with others who are looking to start their own side hustle that is aligned to their purpose. Welcome to the show, Anthony Orisis. Tina, pumped to be here and thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. And I know we know each other from a community that we're part of and in a circle with Gerard Adams. And on one of our weekly calls, you talked about how you discovered your purpose and I reached out to you straight after that call and I said, man, I need you to come on to this podcast because I feel you have a story to share with others. So I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I think after that call, we just definitely vibed and, and, and saw that we, uh, we have similar purposes and, and looking to make a lot of change in this world, man. So uh, I immediately said, hey, I would love to be featured on this podcast. And again, it really is a pleasure to be here. Yeah, no worries. So before we dive into your purpose, I want to know a little bit more about yourself, your background, your profession, where you grew up, where you live. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, all that good stuff. Absolutely. So I'm born and raised in Queens, New York. Um, I uh, come from, well, my background is Greek, so Greek-American. And uh, I don't know if you know any Greeks, but we hang on to our heritage pretty tightly uh, throughout all the generations. So that's a big part of who I am. I sell medical devices, uh, um, and I have been since right out of college. So I've been doing this for... I want to say like 14 years or so. And I also started my own company uh, called Rare Cut, which I'm sure we'll dive into in a little bit. But yeah, just try to yeah. try to multitask and um, more than anything, man, just um, uh, try to be a very connected family member. And uh, yeah, that's that's a big, uh, the big um, thing that I identify as is just a family man. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure we have a lot of similarities there. I'm from a Persian background and I know we have quite similar vibes with with Greek families as well, really close-knit family. 100%. So I want to ask you about the Breaking the Mask initiation. So this is an initiation we did as part of our group where there's a Japanese proverb that says we wear three masks, one that we show to the outside world, one that we show our friends and family, and one that we show to ourselves. So when you went through that initiation what was that experience like for you and what were the key revelations that came out of that so in doing this exercise so there's a lot of deep dive exercises out there and i've done quite a few but this one really had um, a huge impact on me i would say that it took a good amount of time to do but it was one that was a pleasure to do from beginning to end so it did take several hours and it was one of those things where we hopped off one of the calls. Gerard had, had encouraged us, if you haven't done it yet, dive deep into this exercise. 
And I asked someone in the group, I'm like, how long did this take you? And they're like, oh, it's going to take you hours. And I had plans to really do nothing. I was like, oh, I was just going to kind of watch a movie or whatever. But the thing is, that movie, chances are 99%, I'm not going to remember that that evening or that movie. So I was like, you know what, let me do a deep dive. I took the time for myself. And because of having that me time, um, it really helped me kind of understand myself and my purpose a whole lot more. So sometimes we're afraid to put in like the hours of the work, but that's really where the growth comes from. And it really can, has the ability to change our lives. So in doing this exercise, um, one of the things that really got to me was we had to write a letter uh, to our current selves from when we were, say, five years old. And you write the letter, as you know, in your non-dominant hand. So I'm a righty, so I wrote with my left. And it really did look like a five-year-old wrote it. I mean, <laughs> it was just all over the place and sloppy. I was like, wow, like you're, you're tapping into a different part of your mind and doing that exercise. And, you know, I almost thought back and I wrote a lot about the basics. And it's funny because I think as adults, we have a tendency to overcomplicate life, but really the teachings from when you're, let's say in you know grade school or even kindergarten that they tell kids, if we ap actually applied those lessons to our lives, I really think the world would be a much better place if we actually took those seriously. So, you know, I wrote mine and actually I have it here so I can show it to you. I wasn't kidding you when I said a, uh, a it looks like a five-year-old wrote it. And one of the things I reminded myself was just to always remember to smile and be happy and remember um, what my parents taught me about being a good person, working hard, protect my sister, just be nice to people and just, just remember that you have a lot of love in your heart. And another thing that I wrote in every single letter I wrote that day was never forget your roots. And that's very important to me. It's always remember, it's always important to remember your upbringing, whether you had a phenomenal childhood or maybe it was a little on the rougher side, it shaped you into the person you are today. So never forget that. And in, in doing this exercise, you know, I got teary eyed. It actually, it got to me because I really put myself in the shoes of five-year-old me and just you look at the world with such like infinite possibilities and wonder. And sometimes as adults, we lose sight of that and things become a little mundane, but to see the world through the eyes of a child really just gives you uh, such hope and purpose that uh, this was the most moving of all the exercises that we did. H how about for you? How did you feel about that one? Yeah. I mean, I had a similar experience where I was a bit teary eyed at the end of it, but yeah, I just feel you lose a lot growing up as in when you're younger you're more playful you're, you're creative you're not scared of failing you're not scared of what other people think of you you express yourself and I think as I grew up I let go of a lot of those things I let go of the creativity I became more serious less playful and just weird that how you grow when you grow up you get all this conditioning as you're growing up the analogy i like to use is like when you're young you have all this light and as you're growing up your your light is getting dimmed by other people by society the environment you're in maybe even your parents and your family as well your friends and family and we kind of forget who we really are we lose touch with our inner child and then you grow up and everyone's growing up like that so everyone's 
being conditioned the same way and you kind of lose your uniqueness. So when I was going through that process, my inner child was pissed with me and angry that I've kind of neglected him and forgotten who he is. And yeah, that, that really got to me during that exercise. But it, it was like, I would say like an awakening that it needed to happen. I think there were moments in my life where that inner child wanted to reach out to me and speak up, but I just kept saying, like, stay quiet. But it, it was a surreal experience. So I, I think everyone really needs to go through something like that, especially like earlier in their life. I wish I had those things or those resources earlier in life. And I think kids should go through that. And I think we're seeing a movement now in the world where people are starting to wake up and they're having these awakenings. And there is this movement going on where people are starting to question things more. So it's nice to see. You know, to your point, Sina, I think that was kind of the silver lining for certainly not everyone, but a lot of people in 2020 is putting that pause on life because when you are going through the motions of life or you're, you're on this path, very rarely do we stop, pause, and reflect, especially in today's society. Um, I can tell you, obviously, on the other side of the pond, as an American, and you know that the, the, the work mentality that we have here, work, 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 and especially as a New Yorker, I mean, even more so, talk about fast-paced life. And to see people that are you know all hustle bustle especially in the last year many of them actually put a pause and and kind of do this reflection and now i've seen people that i thought truly god's honest truth i thought were stuck in their ways would never change actually use the last year to say am i like what am i doing am i am i living am i just surviving am i thriving am i doing none of the above and it really put people on a different course in life. So there was a lot of bad that came from the last year. Certainly we all know that, but there also in many circumstances were a lot of good. So I completely agree with what you just said about um, there being a movement and people finding these uh, revelations in their life that they weren't aware of prior to last year. Yeah, I can resonate with what you just said as well in terms of putting a pause and really reflecting on on life. I think... For years, I was kind of in the fast lane with my job and never really got the time to to slow down and really think about where I'm going. I didn't really have a purpose, to be honest. So 2020 was kind of a blessing in disguise because I managed to just slow down and, and think and really think about where I want to go and, and who I want to be. And I never really had those conversations with myself before. And you're not alone, man. You're you are not alone. Um, you know, I, I think this was you could, I don't know, you know, whatever obviously people can have a different take on this, but you know, maybe this was like the great revelation. Maybe this was like a bait of like the God's plan to just stop the world from going in a certain direction, put a pause on things and correct course. Cause I think things were I think people were feeling, myself included, um, as overwhelmed as ever. Um, people were feeling like, oh, there's not enough time in the day. I can't concentrate on my hobbies. I have no time for this and, and I don't have time for anything. Well, in the last year, we had nothing but time. So we had a lot of time to do several things, really kind of do a deep dive into who we were, 
Uh, if you had a hobby or something you've been wanting to pick up, like let's say, hey, I want to play guitar. I never had the time. Well, you had plenty of time to, to pick it up and still do. Um, and also, you know, like you just said about your experience is kind of have that time with yourself that maybe you never wanted. And I'm not saying anyone. Now you're forced to have this time with yourself. And when you have time with yourself, that's, I think, when the uh, it really breeds uh, the creativity and new ideas because there's less distraction. And when you have that solo time is when you really kind of like are in alignment with who you are and, and find out again, going back to what we're saying full circle, what your true purpose is. So a lot of people did experience that a lot did not, but I, in my experiences, I think more people did than did not. So, you know, again, silver, silver lining. I think there's a quote from Socrates that says an unexamined life is not worth living so yes um, i really like that quote and i think yeah people just need to take the time for that self-discovery to really go to the next level so what would you say were your key takeaways from that experience how have you taken what you learned from yourself or about yourself how did you take that and run with it so one thing that was a repeating theme, like a recurring theme throughout the exercises was discussing service. And I always knew that that was important to me. I just didn't really realize how important it was. Um, I knew that to some degree I wanted to, of course, um, um, be able to be a light for others. But as I was writing and more and more and more, I went back and looked at the, at the exercise. I go, wow, this seems to be something that I'm writing about more often than not in every single exercise. So in terms of like bigger picture um, with like purpose, you know, one thing I've instituted in my daily life is, is prayer. And I did when I was younger and then I didn't for many, many years. And not that I'm, I'm definitely a spiritual person, but in terms of like prayer, I didn't do for maybe over 10 years. And what had happened was, um, a friend of mine, his son um, was like, I believe three years old and got leukemia. And I asked him, I'm like, man, if there's anything I can do like for real, uh, please let me know. He's like, I have one request of you. He's like, but if you're gonna ask, like, please follow through. I go, yeah, man, whatever you want. He's like, can you please pray for my son every night? I go, I'm done. And that was four years ago five years ago, four or five. And I've been praying every single night since then. Um, and one thing that I've also done in the last year because of the pandemic is I start my morning off with a prayer as well. And I think it's just really important to just uh, thank God, thank your creator, thank the universe for just being able to wake up and have another day of infinite possibilities. And, you know, we create our own paths and we're so lucky for that. We're so also lucky to be here. And, you know, one thing in my prayers is I always thank God for, and I, I say, you know, thank God, uh, thank you for basically my blessings. And another thing is, uh, you know, please bless me with today. So I continue, I can continue to be a soldier in your army for good. And that's my purpose, man. Uh, there's no other way to slice it. We can, and we can go deep on that, and, but just truly that is my purpose is to be a soldier for good. 
And that can come in a multitude of ways, um, just in just creating friendships, um, you know, uh, just being a good family member. Like I said, that's one of my, my top things. Um, but also, you know, you have a conversation with somebody and it could be literally 30 seconds of your day and your 30 seconds may have made someone's day, whether you realize it or not. And more often it does. And you'd be surprised how many times, how often that does happen. And just, it just forces you to get a little bit outside of your comfort zone. But when you get a little bit outside of your comfort zone, that's where all the rewards happen. And um, that's how I am able to you know, be that soldier in an army for good. And it's also something that I've implemented into my business um, and just my everyday actions, man. So that that's really uh, to answer uh, long winded way of answering your question. Um, that was my key revelation. And that is what my purpose is. So just going deeper on your purpose a little bit. I know when we had talked on that call, you had mentioned that I think it was related to your business that you weren't really sure how to give back really. And then you started to make some changes within your business. Can you um, elaborate on, on that a little bit? Yeah, ab absolutely. So basically with my company rare cut um, and just for your listeners, I know you know what it is, but uh, for your listeners, it is um, basically we created uh, the only pocket square that no matter how you bend, twist, or fold it, it retains its shape. And when you put it in your pocket, it stays up. And that's our tongue-in-cheek tagline. It stays up. So we have a little fun with that, uh, that tagline. But one thing is I came up with that concept now. This is dating back like five years ago. I came up with the concept. It took quite a while to get to now. Uh, last September, we finally launched on Kickstarter had a really uh, incredible launch. So in 30 days, um, we hit over $50,000 US dollars in, uh, in sales at a time where no one's dressing up, uh, including the founder. I was wearing sweats <laughs> like on a daily basis because it was during pandemic, we had nowhere to go. So it was a really pleasant surprise to see that. And while that was such an amazing feat, I was so pumped up, out of, up, so pumped up about um, being able to hit that number, one thing that I knew when I started this company was I don't want to be a company that just sells a product. To me, that's not exciting whatsoever. Um, for me, I wanted to start a brand with a purpose to start a culture and have a community. That's what motivates me. That's what gets me juiced up. So again, we sell pocket squares. And I was seeing in New York City how many people, uh, very many friends too, who had businesses, family-owned businesses, uh, many that had been passed from generation to generation. And it broke my heart to see so many of these businesses close. One in particular was a diner that's been open for over 40 years. It went from grandfather to his son and was supposed to go to a buddy of mine next. And unfortunately with everything that was going on, they couldn't keep their doors open any longer. And that crushed me to see that, to hear my friend basically have, you know, what he thought was his entire life and his future and what he was brought up to be in to have that taken away from him because of this pandemic just was very sobering. And I think what happened, Sina, is 
oftentimes we hear these statistics of like, oh man, you know, thousands of people are losing their jobs. And, and at some point that just becomes a number, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, 10,000, no, that, that's horrible. But if this, there's no story to back it up, to open our eyes, to really dive into these individuals. So I remember being at my family's house and just being at the table, we had a family friend come over and we're just talking about the state of affairs and what's going on in the world. And I'm like, ah, you know, I told them that story, which I just shared with you. And I'm like, ah, I'd like to help. I just don't really know like what I could potentially do. I, I want to be able to help. And this person loved them, but you know, just joking around, didn't mean any harm by it. They're like, oh, what are you going to do? You sell pocket squares. Like how are you, you going to give everyone a pocket square? Like how, how, how are you going to be able to help? And chuckled, whatever. I don't know why, but that comment just stuck with me. And I kind of used it as fuel. I'm like, yeah, I sell pockets, proprietary pocket squares, but there is something I can do. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I was like, there is something I can do. And by doing this exercise of breaking the mask and diving deep and, and realizing that my purpose was service and to service others, I was able to spark this idea of like, wait, no, 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 that, that's BS. I absolutely can do something. And by doing this deep dive exercise, I found like, you know what, what if we did something with our pocket squares where we're able to give back to those in need. And it was just like this huge light bulb moment of like, oh, wow, you can combine anything. When you're the founder of a startup, there are no rules. You make the rules. Why don't we just make it together? Yeah, it's never been done before, but neither has this invention or this pocket square. That's never been done before. That's never stopped before. So what I did was I created this, uh, this pattern um, I'm not sure if you've seen them before, but there's this classic blue New York City coffee cup. It's like, it's old school. It's been around for forever. But what we did is we uh, made a pattern where and I'll just show it to you here. But we, uh, yeah, so it's a little blurry here, but because um, of the, the light. But we have basically that classic New York City coffee cup, shop local in the center. And on top, we have the torch from the Statue of Liberty. And it's just ultra New York. It's ultra small business. It reminded me, especially with the torch of why people came, including all four of my grandparents, came to America for opportunity, um, you know, to be able to, to work and, uh, and make a living and provide. And now that was being taken away from people. So what we're doing is we are featuring small business owners. They could be from anywhere. Uh, but we're featuring small business owners who put on the jacket, put the pocket square in. And what we're doing, uh, Sina, is we're featuring their business and their story because we want, like I mentioned earlier, we want people to really grasp what's happening on an individual case-by-case -case basis as opposed to this general number because general numbers don't move us. Individual stories, people's tales, move us. And that's what we're doing. And on top of that, we're giving 10% of the proceeds of sales uh, to the Barstool Fund. And the Barstool Fund, for those that don't know, um, set up a foundation to um, to really help keep businesses afloat um, and, and, and small businesses uh, throughout the country. So, um, you know, it's, it's us just doing our part. And it goes back to purpose and, and service. Yeah, incredible, man. And that's that's really why I wanted to have you on this podcast because I think that story right there is just a true inspiration. I think a lot of us feel that 
maybe or maybe in that situation where we can't really think of what we can do to give back and maybe we feel that we're in jobs and we don't really know the purpose of what we're doing sort of thing and maybe our jobs don't have that carry that much meaning and we're just working to get a living and to pay the bills right and I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed by thinking that um, our jobs should be really purposeful and be truly aligned with our passions but that doesn't always happen where you have that dream job where what you do is truly aligned with your purpose it might give you some things that are aligned with your purpose but I think what we just need to be cautious of is oh what we need to think about is sometimes we we need to do a job to pay the bills but we can do things outside of our job or even use the money that we get from our day job to do things outside that actually do serve our purpose and do give back to the community so I think it's really important to understand that it, it doesn't matter if you're not being able to give back on a day-to-day basis in your day job you can take the resources or maybe your job gives you the flexibility in terms of your working hours to do things outside and then eventually you can make that your day job where you're doing things that are truly aligned with your purpose every single day every single minute but I think some of us get stuck thinking well how can I give back to the community you can always set up your own initiatives or even do things within your own business where like you've just demonstrated doing something for local businesses and giving back in some way so I think it's it's really incredible what you're doing and it does inspire us to think outside the box a little bit as well especially in these situations where I heard like New York has been hit pretty hard with the pandemic I, I see a lot of comedians and actors moving away from New York. They're going to Miami or Florida where things seem to be more open. So what you're doing there to give back to your local communities is truly amazing. Uh, Sina, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. And, and just to touch on something you just said, um, you know, I also, like I spoke on earlier, I sell medical devices as well. It's a phenomenal job, but there's a lot of red tape within that industry. There's not, you know, you can't even give somebody a pen with your logo on it um, or else you're violating some law. So uh, there's only so much that you can really do. And I fancy myself as a creative person. Um, So what I'm getting at here is, yes, you might have a job that currently you're like, well, it doesn't fulfill all my buckets. And I, you know, I'm not able to uh, maybe give back in the way I want to. Listen, at some point you you have your job, maybe it's good for, you know, a number of things, you know, obviously for paying the bills, but don't feel like you're limited just because of your job. You know, you can do things on the side. A lot of people are. And I think, you know, everyone's trying to find that that one job that will make them feel completely fulfilled and happy and fill all the buckets. And rarely does that happen. Can it happen? Yes, absolutely. But, you know, sometimes you might just have, a, have to have something uh, on the side to fulfill those desires. So if you're in that situation where your job isn't completely making you, you know, feel like you're giving back, you can always do something on the side. So uh, I just don't want people to lose sight of that because I I hear that quite often myself as well. 
yeah exactly and and that's something i've been trying to do with this podcast as well right like i don't make a living from this podcast but my job has enabled me to pay for the equipment pay for the subscriptions and bring amazing guests like yourself on to to create a platform to share stories which is basically what my purpose is is to just share knowledge and get information out there what would you say is your vision for the future of rare cut so we're gonna be doing a lot more of this stuff because because to have purpose behind what you're doing it just fuels me to want to push even harder and i'm already quite motivated i'd like to say i'm already quite driven but when you're able to work and contribute to something that's bigger than yourself um it gives you a certain feeling of uh certainly contribution but it just it kind of fills you with love in your heart to be honest like it really is what gets me most excited and we're doing this i'm like oh this is not going to stop here this is going to this is going to continue um with this initiative and campaign certainly but we are going to continue this with other organizations uh other campaigns charities um this is really what gives me uh my drive to to want to continue to grow this because you know, so we're all motivated by you know everyone you start a business you obviously want it to be profitable or else it's not a business and of course that that that, that goes hand in hand with starting any any business right but what really gives you that the, that drive that that will differentiate you is when you're in it for something higher than yourself when there's a bigger purpose and then people will see that and be like this is a brand for good and that's going back to what we talked about earlier about what i ask uh, and pray to god for every morning and evening is to be that soldier in his army for good this things like this help me feel like i'm fulfilling my obligation and my duties and living up to my end of the bargain that i promise god when i'm when i'm in my prayers so um, i feel like the rare cut is an opportunity to have a platform for something like this and i'm just super excited for the future directions of where this is going to go and, and again this is just the very beginning great man and people can see it right when when they see your energy and passion talking about these things they you definitely see a difference between someone that's just in it for the money in comparison to someone who has that greater sense of purpose behind what they're doing what would be your advice to other business owners then should should all business owners be taking this approach because i don't see everyone doing it Oof, yeah so I, I i i have a few things i'd want to uh advise business owners um that would really be the the most obvious one that i could that i can and do advise people is you know people will come up to me and be like i have an idea uh and and, and it can solve this problem and i ask them okay are you going to want to continue this in in a year from now in five years from now can you see yourself doing this in 10 years from now and don't get me wrong there's certainly opportunity of being able to be a serial entrepreneur coming up with a product and selling it and if that's what you want to do go for it but if you want to start a brand very very different than just starting a company if you want to start a brand you 
better have some purpose behind it. And you better have something that is near and dear to your heart and something that um, services others as well. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to sustain the necessary energy and drive to want to continue unless you truly have that purpose behind you. So that's in terms of, you know, um, like having heart behind what you do. That's my advice. Now I have some other quick tidbits that I have been thinking of for a while and, and how I wish I knew some of these things earlier or mistakes that other entrepreneurs make. So I'm going to rattle them through if that's cool. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We touched on one of them already. One of them is, you know, um, you will go to like a networking event or you'll see a speaker. And some of these speakers, I got to say, uh, I think misguide certain entrepreneurs and they'll be like, if you don't like, if you don't like what you're doing, quit your job. And that riles up the crowd. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow. But like, I would tell you, maybe don't do that because starting a business is extremely expensive and it might not be on the onset, but in order to grow, you're going to need a lot of cash, a lot of cash at hand. And it's not easy to get a loan either, or unless you have like a rich family member that can spot you like that's, it's really tough. So, um, it's absolutely doable, but I would encourage people to not quit their jobs right away. Um, get your side hustle on and balance both for as long as you can. Just, just make it work, work it. And then when the time is right and you can make that transition, go for it. But I would encourage people to not quit their job right away. Just dive into their side hustle without having the proper funding or at least a lot of money saved from their job prior to doing that. Um, Another thing that I told, I told this to somebody recently and it really resonated with them. So I have to share it here as well. I go, if you're giving instructions to someone on for something to be done and you leave out one detail, expect that detail to be done incorrectly. And I've noticed that in sometimes rushing something, I will leave something out or be like, I will assume, and we know, we know what happens when we assume, but I will assume that, oh, they understand what I'm saying. And almost every time I'm like, ah, man, that's not what I wanted. So if you have to, if you have to give like a friendly reminder or just repeat yourself several times and oftentimes I'll be like, yeah, 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 I get it. I'd rather have those conversations and say, hey, this whole project was done wrong because there was miscommunication. So make sure you don't leave any details out. I've seen it happen way too often. It's happened to me. It's happened to my fellow entrepreneurs as well. And the last piece of advice I will give other business owners or not even business owners, people who want to get in the entrepreneurship game. Um, Because entrepreneurship may, I would think, especially because of, you know, in America, we have Shark Tank. do you guys have Shark Tank in the UK or is it under a different name? We have um, something similar called Dragon's Den, but it's a similar concept. Yeah, that's what it is. I knew there was another version of it. It might have even been the original version. Uh, probably was. Uh, we take a lot of your guys' game shows and we just rename them in America. But, <laughs> but I would say nothing quite prepares you for the experience of starting your own company except for starting your own company. And I've watched all the Shark Tanks or Dragon's Den. I've read all the books. Uh, I've listened to many podcasts. I've uh, been to many seminars and they all help tremendously. They get you in the right mindset more than anything. 
but nothing will prepare you for starting your business except for starting your own business. So you might think you're going into something and have most of the answers and yeah, I'll figure it out. But like, it will shock you how little you actually know when it actually comes time to. But when then, when you get into it and dive into it, you have to fall in love with solving problems because I feel like that's what I do on a daily basis. And a huge piece of advice that I'm going to tie into this is this. Every month, do and don't not for not for repurposing every month take your phone and give a video update as far as what has been going on in your world because what was once the biggest problem in the world six months ago is you know a few months later you're like oh i can i can finish that with like i can solve it with my eyes closed that's no big deal whatsoever but at that time you thought that was the biggest issue you had in your entire life so you can track your growth uh, it really is important to have that kind of like visual diary for yourself. And then if you ever want to repurpose it, then you have, and if you guess to say there's a documentary on your life one day, well, you have the footage, that's great. But even more so, if you want to, and I've been doing this, if you want to pay it forward and help other entrepreneurs who are like, I'm so lost. I just started my business. I feel like I can't figure anything out. I've sent a video to someone in particular and she was freaking out. She's still on the verge of launching her company and she feels totally overwhelmed. And because I do care about her, I think she's an amazing individual with an incredible product. I go, listen, I'm gonna share something with you. I haven't shared this with anyone, but I think it'll help you. So I sent her a video of me before I launched my company, kind of freaking out a little bit. And I sent it to her and she felt so much better because it was so real and it was so raw. Um, and I was just able to, that one instance, I've only shared it with one person, I was able to kind of like flip a different switch on for her and just show her the light. So that's a big thing I would tell people as well is if you have that opportunity, you do have the opportunity. Don't overthink it, just do it and, and keep it in a folder for your records. Yeah, that's good advice, man. So what would you say have been your key learnings after starting a business? Is there anything that you would have done differently if you were to start a new business yeah so so i don't know if i would have done so many things i mean there are and there aren't and i say i don't know because it got me to now and you can't change the past so like i'm grateful for all the learnings i have now so as much as i wish i did some things differently i'm also glad i didn't because i learned and even if some of them were expensive learning lessons it's the cost of doing business you know what i'm saying so like there's that. Um, I would say that if you, I only like to work with people that I really love working with and I have to like really level with them and they have to get me and I want them to care about my business, like really care about my business and also care about me as an individual. And I want to also feel that same respect and care towards them. And if something doesn't feel right in the beginning, and you can liken this to relationships as well. It's probably not a good sign. Um, and I've tried to like force fit certain individuals into my life. And this is, this goes on. This is romantically. Yes. Friendship. Yes. But also in business, um, where what well, didn't seem like a fit, but they came like highly regarded. I'm like, this person doesn't vibe with me and I don't vibe with them, but you know what? There's, there's countless other people who provide the same service who I love when they call me. 
when I had a couple people, when they called me, I see my phone and I'd be like, oh man, I, I just don't want to take this call. That's not a good sign. You should not be working with that person if that's how you feel. And I did, and I kept it going because I was just like, you know what? Let me just deal with it. But like, whether it's, and this is not the person, but whether it's, you know, uh, accounting, PR, your attorney, it doesn't matter. You can get someone that cares and doesn't just want to stick in their lane. I have my attorney and I don't know too many people who can say that their patent attorney is like one of their favorite people, but she is, she's incredible. And when she sees something that there's an expo going on or she gets a good idea or she sees an article, she sends it to me. How many attorneys do that? So it's all about kind of like finding your, finding your tribe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think it makes such a big difference rather than it being just like transactional, like you pay me a fee, I'll provide you my service is, is more than that is just connecting on the people side of things and people that genuinely, genuinely care about you and your vision and want to drive you closer to your vision. I think that, that is really important. hundred percent, man. And we touched upon, I growth mindset you did mention a few things there in terms of documenting your videos and that's really helped with your with your growth and i've seen on instagram that you're doing this 75 hard challenge so can you explain to our listeners what that is oh yeah 100 percent. and thank you for bringing that up yes so 75 hard is a program started by uh, andy forsella um, he has a podcast called real AF in the event anyone wants to, uh, dig a little deeper and get more information, but it's what I originally thought was a workout program, quote unquote workout program. Um, because there's certain rules that it entails. So for 75 straight days, you have to do every single day without skipping a day. And if you miss one, anything on the list, you have to start back from day one. So you have to continue it. So for 75 straight days, you have to do two 45 minute workouts. One has to be outdoors, rain, snow, sleep, doesn't matter. Uh, you have to follow a diet. You can't drink any alcohol. Uh, you have to take a progress picture and you have to drink a gallon of water. I, by the way, I carry this thing everywhere I go. This is like my <laughs> most used item of the last year. Um, and I incorporated some other things in there as well, like uh, daily meditation, um, journaling. I wanted to add to it a little bit. So I did the 75 hard program. This is, I want to say in, I want to say it was May. No, I'm sorry. It was April, April of 2020. And this is about a little over a month after the world shut down. And in the beginning, you're just like, oh my God, like what, what's happening? What's going on here? And then all of a sudden, you know, Zoom calls where everyone wanted to be on a Zoom call. And then quickly afterwards, everyone's like, man, I'm on Zoom calls all day, every day. Like <laughs> I'm almost getting sick of all these daily Zoom calls and I'd rather be in a meeting. But what was happening was we didn't have work to go to. We really had nowhere to be. And what I was seeing is you know, friends are like, hey, let's do a happy hour. I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it. And, you know, we'd have some drinks and we'd cheers and just kind of share our stories of what we're going through. And different groups of friends were having this on like a regular basis. And I remember it started happening on like a regular basis. And then the calls, which were originally like 8 p.m., started becoming 5 p.m. And then they started becoming 4 p.m. And then these calls are starting like, I saw my friends like saying, Hey, let's do it. We have nothing to do. Let's do it at noon. 
And I'm like, okay, this is how bad habits can start. I can see this becoming problematic. So I saw a lot of people going down like really bad paths. And I understood as to how it happened. You have all this uncertainty. You have all this time. And you can go in one of two directions. You can go the self-destruction route pretty easily. Or you can kind of find the light. So I wanted to go on the light side. So I go, I have to put a stop to this because... I haven't worked out in over a month. At that point, my hair, oh my dude, I look like a, a like a grizzly bear. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I had like, I think I was just a mess, very unkept. And I was, I remember just kind of like having a conversation with myself. I'm just like, I was like on this major, I had this drive because I was supposed to launch Rare Cut March 23rd. So I was in like go, go, go mode. And I was like pumped. I was like every day jumping out of bed before the alarm, like ready to go. And then everything shut off. And I was like, well, I kind of got nothing to do. And I don't know when I'm going to launch the business. And I started getting, you know, all my daily routines. To be honest with you, I wasn't keeping up with them. And I just didn't like where I was. So I started this program. And I will say this. For the rest of my life, whenever anyone asks me, hey, I'm in a little funk or I need to change my life. What can I do? I'm telling you now, my answer is going to be do 75 hard. For the rest of my life, I will say that. And earlier I said it was a quote unquote physical transformation. And don't get me wrong. It is. It absolutely is. But it's so much more than that. What it is, it's a mental reprogramming. So what it does is it pushes you beyond your comfort zone. It makes you get comfortable in being uncomfortable, especially when you're sore and you're not feeling up to it. It's about building habits. It's about building momentum and it's about having structure. And one thing, Sina, that I've realized in my life is, and it took me a while to realize this, is when you're a student, when you're you know a younger kid, you think of structure as school and boring and routine and you don't want to do it because you have to. And then when you become an adult and depending on your job or definitely in the last year where there was not much structure, you realize that having structure and routine actually leads to your freedom because it allows you to like just have your thoughts collected and give you a route to go on because you have a purpose that day. If you wake up without a purpose, you're going to spend a lot of time in the morning figuring out what you got to do and just the all. And then you, by the time you know it, it's noon and you really haven't done anything. But when you go to bed, and you know the next day you have to tackle X, Y, Z. You got this on your plate. Oh, and by the way, I have all these other things to do on top of 75 hard. You realize how much you are capable of completing in a day. And it really makes you value your time more. It makes you realize how much time we waste on our phones. I don't mean researching and all this other good stuff, which we do to a degree. But let's be honest. We waste a lot of time on social media, a lot of time just aimlessly looking at websites, when you are on a path with a goal in mind, you don't have time for this crap. You're like, nah, that's going to cut into my workout time, or that's going to cut into my meditation time or whatever the case may be. And you realize how little time you have, uh, you want to make for these distractions. And another benefit, when you go to bed, if anyone has trouble sleeping, when you go to bed, when your head hits that pillow, you had a hell of a day. So you knock out and you have a wonderful night's rest. So it really does change the course of your day, which ultimately changes the course of your life. And I'll stop 
here, but I just also want to say that there's other phases that I've done as well. Um, so I did the live hard program and those are 30 days that you complete after 75 hard. I'm on my final one right now and it couldn't have come at a better time because it's like the graduation process. It's the last 30 days of the, of the fiscal year of when you started. And for me, Sina, it could not have come at a better time because in late January, I really hit that COVID wall super hard, super hard. And I was feeling all the effects of like, just feeling like enclosed, feeling entrapped. And I just started reverting back to bad habits that I didn't like. And, you know, I, I started on this program again and I, boom, I found that structure. I found that routine, which I spoke about earlier and I'm feeling the best I have in a really, really long time. So I can recommend 75 hard highly enough. So if that's not a ringing endorsement, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. Everyone should go check it out. And yeah, I can completely resonate with you in terms of structure and habits. I myself went through this transformation during lockdown. I went through a 10 month transformation. I got myself a transformation coach that really helped me with my fitness and my mindset as well. Um, because I think coming up from university and starting your job, I don't think you have that much structure. You're, especially during university, you're, you're sleeping at different times at night, you're waking up at different times, you're probably eating a lot of junk food and drinking a lot of alcohol, partying. So you go into the working world without much structure and you're probably continuing a little bit of that lifestyle when you start working. But I went through a phase where I came out of university probably in the worst shape of my life, being quite athletic, younger, and not really prioritizing my health and well-being. And before this pandemic kicked off, actually, I think it was in in January, I reached out to this coach and I said, I need to get out of this cycle because I started reflecting like on my childhood and on my life and it seemed like the regular pattern was that I'll be out of shape, then I'll get into shape and I'll be out of shape again. So it was just this cycle that has been going on for years, like ever since I was a kid. So I really wanted to break out of that. And I reached out to him and he told me about, you know, all these habits and how the structure and nutrition and it's completely transformed my life. I mean, in 10 months, I went to being out of shape to getting ripped for a photo shoot in that space of time. And I didn't think any of that was possible, but just down to journaling, drinking water, getting the sleep, having that consistency, that discipline, yeah, completely transformed my life. And I think I never had any structure. I'd, I'd always like go with the flow and think I was being spontaneous by saying like, yeah, I just go with the flow. I don't really need to plan anything, like whatever comes up, but it's just been a game changer, just journaling and planning what you want to do the next day, having that in the diary and knowing what your targets are for the next day and when you're going to do certain things, just writing it down makes such a big difference. And it's completely changed how productive I am. When I think back to like prior my transformation, 
I would just procrastinate so much. I wouldn't even get anything done. When I, when I think about what I would do after work that was actually productive, like what would be my output? What would I actually create? And yeah, it was hardly anything. I would waste so much time. And I think you can get stuck in this like survival mode where you're just trying to survive rather than be a creator. So I think there's two modes. You can either be in survival mode or you can be in the creator mode. And I think we're all born to be creators, but sometimes we can just fall into the trap of just trying to survive. And um, I think all of us need to like instill these habits and get that structure and really look after ourselves so we can be the best that we can be. It sounds so simple, but <laughs> it takes a lot of work to implement it, but um, it, it really pays off. So, Sina, what you had said reminded me of something that I'd seen on Instagram. And if you look for it, you could find some goodness on Instagram if you're looking in the right places. But I, you said about working with a co transformational coach and then basically changing your life and your mentality and your, your, your physiology and and your mindset, everything. Um, and the quote wasn't on a paraphrase here, but it said, um, you know, everyone looks at the cost of a book, of a course, or a coach, but not enough people look at the cost of being in the same place you are, you are a year from now. And that's a thing. Like, if something's going to cost you X amount of dollars or or pounds. Um, and it's going to actually change your life and you're going to do the work and it's going to change your life. That's an investment. You know, that's not a cost. That's an investment. And you made that investment in your life and you're a different dude now because of it. I'll be honest. I, I wouldn't be doing this podcast or I wouldn't have the confidence to put myself out there if I hadn't gone through that transformation. It's definitely something I encourage everyone to do. I know it it could sound like it's quite expensive to get these coaches or these mentors but it really is the best investment you can make for your future because we have resources out there there's tons of videos on, on youtube i've i've read tons of books but it hasn't transformed me it's given me a bit of knowledge but just to have someone that's on your back and having that pressure to not to not let someone down. And also I think when money's involved and you're actually investing, it makes you do it because you don't want to waste your time and money. You get a lot of these free courses, but you may not even utilize what you've learned. But when you've paid for something, I think you really put it to use and make the most out of it. That's a hundred percent accurate, dude. When you pay for it, you value it more as opposed to if it's given to you. Somebody once said this to me um, in regards to, and this is kind of a, a funny uh, analogy because it was back in when I was like 18 years old and was in a fraternity <laughs> and someone said, why do we have to pledge? <laughs> and uh, someone goes, because if we just let you in, you wouldn't value it. And someone goes, yes, we would. And he goes, listen, if somebody gave you, uh, if you just woke up and someone's like, Hey, here's, here's a Ferrari, it's yours. He goes, you're going to floor that thing. You're going to drive like a maniac. You're, you're not going to wash it. You're, you're not going to care as much where you park um, and you'll be reckless with it. But if you saved and you earned to buy it, 
then you're going to make sure that you wax the vehicle, that you always park in a safe spot away from other cars. You're going to avoid potholes because you value it more because you put your own money into it. And even though that had to do with a fraternity, uh, there was a lot of truth behind that statement. And um, same, same as you, man, like I went to when I was 19 years old with my dad's office he brought um, his employees to a Tony Robbins event, and that just completely changed the course of my entire life. Just you know, um, just seeing people that were there that I looked up to, I'm like, wow, you know, you you see also how like we almost assume that everyone has all the answers figured out, and then you go to a course like that, and you see people who are like big and bad, and they're kind of like extremely vulnerable and open and a lot of people are wearing masks so i guess that's why it's so important to dating to like our, our our earlier conversation to break that mask and show your true self and when you do that's when you will find your path and also find the people that you're meant to meet and i feel like even even an opportunity to speak to someone like yourself today is because of being uh, became because of breaking that mask so honestly man it really is an honor it really is an honor to be here yeah for sure yeah, I think really when you break those masks, you can really go to the next level. And I think a lot of people say they're into like personal development and they have that growth mindset and it's because they've read a lot of books, they've watched a lot of YouTube videos or they've listened to a lot of podcasts. But I think you really have that growth mindset when you really take the time to work on yourself and do that inner work. And I still think not enough people are doing it because the world would be a much nicer place if everyone was doing it. Like a quote I love by Rumi that says, um, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I'm wise, so I want to change myself. And I think that's something that really sits with me where I think a lot of us want to do something massive and make this big impact to the world but it's really rare to find Elon Musk's or Jeff Bezos in the world that do something that game-changing or have that big impact but if everyone just focused on themselves and focused on improving themselves the world will be a much better place as a result of that so I think it's more of a like collective effort if everyone just worked on themselves and improved themselves like the world would be a much nicer place as a collective effort yes and what you just said about getting things aligned i think you know you have to have a, you have to have a, a, a beautiful balance and alignment of mind body and soul if you have one that's missing or not on par with the other you're going to feel off you're not going to feel balanced you have to have those all aligned with one another for sure and then in regards to making the world a, a, a better place, I've heard this from uh, Andy Frisella said this, Ed Milet said this, and those are uh, two of the like uh, entrepreneurs I've looked up to, and as well as Gerard, uh, certainly. Uh, but those two guys in particular had a conversation with one another, and I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine who has a pretty well-known podcast uh, as well. And they talked about how they were so focused on the numbers. They go, well, my podcast, you know, I, you know, I wanted, you know, tens of thousands of listeners. And when I had, when I had 
10 listeners, I wanted 100. And when I had 100, I wanted 500 and then 1,000 and then you know 10,000. And what they all realized was that the numbers are great, right? And the numbers will come. But if you impact a life, how many people actually impact a life? And even if one listener today, or I'm sure it's going to be way more, but even if one person from this conversation or from the podcast just takes something away and it changes the course of their life, then you are making the world a better place. You are doing what you're supposed to do, you know, and it doesn't, it could be from a podcast or it could be in your daily interactions with people. I think people, when they think of making a difference, they think of like the masses, but really how you make a difference is on an individual basis, one-on-one. And then the numbers will come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly how I think about this podcast as well. And the numbers, because you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, this should be higher. I want more listeners, right? But the way I think about it is how much effort does it take me to create an episode and edit it and publish it? It probably takes me like a few hours per episode two, three hours per episode. If I have people listening to it for two, three hours and it makes an impact, then I think that's like my job done for the episode. Because if I have more listeners than the the amount I put in and the amount that came out of it, and especially if it impacts someone's life, I think that's enough, like you said, to just continue doing what you're you're doing I think we get obsessed by the numbers and the stats but I think it should be about what what is the impact not how many people listen what what did they take away from it how did they apply it to their lives and something good came out of it which I hope does in each of my episodes but um I think that's the the main thing and the main driver for me to continue doing this and giving people the platform to to share their stories. And I think that's where that wisdom comes in that you were talking about from, from Rumi, right? Kind of full circle. Like that's, that's the wisdom of, of knowing what you're doing and that you are, um, that you are that force for good. And, you know, it's kind of like what my purpose is. I think you have a very similar purpose and that's to be a, a soldier in the army for good, man. And, and, and uh, I just want to encourage you to keep, keep this going because um, it's so evident that you're in this for the right reasons and that you're uh, a very kind soul. I think anyone that has any interaction with you for two seconds um, will see that. So uh, I, you know, I, uh, in your corner, man, I'm rooting you on. I want to see this continue and continue to grow as well. Uh, thanks, man. Of course, bro. Just coming back to the 75 hard challenge, because I've seen on Instagram that there's a section there where you have to do a good deed or you have to be of service to someone. So can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think it relates well to the to this podcast. Oh, yeah, totally. So with every phase... Like a random good deed or something. Yeah, it's a random act of kindness. And... Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that's... So there's been several things. Like every phase that you go through, there's new challenges that are added on. And um, two of them in particular. One of them is a random act of kindness where you do something like... I don't know, like... Let's just... And it has to be something that you wouldn't normally do. So if you're like, as I know you are, you're a gentleman and you see somebody walking behind you, you're going to open a door for them naturally. That doesn't count because that's who you are and that's what you do anyways. So uh, it would more entail like, 
you know, um, getting somewhat like, let's just say there's somebody behind you in line and you know, like, let me get your call. I got the person behind me. I got their coffee or uh, picking up trash on the street uh, and filling up a bag or donating to a charity, making a call to someone that you haven't spoken to in a really long time. Uh, and just saying, hey, like I, I miss our friendship, but just want to let you know that even though we don't talk on a regular basis, I still think about you and just want to let you know that, you know, um, you know I'm always in your corner. Um, things like that. And you're giving to them. Uh, but also you walk away feeling a certain way. Also, you feel like you kind of fulfilled your daily duties and obligations of just being a good human being. And you feel like you are. Like we talked about just now about, you know, uh, making the impact on an individual basis. That's how it starts, man. You know, like with anything in life, they say the, to have a successful, anything business company, personal brand, you have to have 1000 true fans. That's what they say. And how you get there is by making mm -hmm. individual impacts and treating people mm -hmm. as individuals, as opposed to like, Hey, I'm going to throw this out there to a massive amount of people. And Hey, if you get there, and that's what you're capable of doing one day, fantastic. But it's a slow build. And in order to get there, you have to really make an impact on a case-by-case on a, on a -case basis and just try to make that person's day better. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, like people will look back and be like, wow, remember I got that call from nowhere? Like really made my day. And what it's going to do is going to, it might not inspire them right then and there, but it'll, in their subconscious, be locked in there. And they're in turn going to want to do the same thing for someone in the near future as well. And that's, and that's how we get to um, that beautiful place. Another thing that is a task in 75 hard in this phase is to start a conversation with a stranger in person. And I gotta tell you, man, that has been the toughest of all the challenges just because we're living in COVID times and people are like, I'll see you like, ah, <laughs> I'm like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, ah. But I got to, and there was one evening where I was like, it was like one in the morning. I was like, damn, I haven't spoken to anyone. So I went to the local, uh, we call it a bodega, but uh, local um, uh, corner store. And I was like, I, I got to speak to somebody. So I, I bought three bananas and I went in there and I'm like, hey man, what's going on? Like, uh, I've seen you a bunch of times here. I never got your name. And he's just like, my name? I don't think anyone has talked to him on the night shift ever. <laughs> like that wasn't like totally like drunk or something. And we had a really nice conversation. And this guy, his name is Mo Muhammad, and he's like such a cool dude. And now when I pass by there, like I'm like, what up, Mo? And he's Anthony, what's going on? So like now we have this good rapport. And it was just like really cool how you know you just extend yourself. And listen, not everyone's gonna take to it. And that's a numbers game, whether you're in sales or whether you're a single individual trying to speak to another single individual and trying to say, introduce yourself, you're not going to be for everyone, but it's okay because that's, you're going to lead to the people that you're supposed to meet anyways. And there's been a couple of times where I tried to speak to somebody. And like I said, they're just like, just closed off and that's okay. You move on to the next one. And I've already established some really cool friendships just by doing these exercises. So again, when you get, you know, comfortable and being uncomfortable, that's where all the reward is and all the growth is. So is there anything that you would take away from 75 hard that you would implement in your daily life, even when you're not doing the challenge anymore? Oh, great question. So I'm so glad that there's four parts to this live hard challenge because overall it's called live hard. 75 hard is the first 
portion and then there's others that follow. So to be honest with you, after the first 75 hard, I didn't keep up with a lot of, I started working out again, which was great. But like the other things like the gallon of water, I'm guilty of rarely ever drinking water. I drink way too much coffee for my own good. Um, way too much coffee. So I went back to, I reverted back to that habit. Um, and then what I was noticing was in between when I was being like, I almost prefer like going back to what we said earlier. I kind of prefer having some rules and structure in my life. Cause then you have something to kind of follow. Um, and what I was noticing is when I didn't have, when I didn't have to do it, I wasn't doing it. And I think because I've seen the opposite, I've seen the alternative. Like I mentioned, I hit that COVID wall pretty hard in January and I realized I wasn't, I was less happy without having structure. I think it was the eye opening moment. And yes, it took a little longer than I expected, but this has been the most seamless uh, phase of 75 hard. And it's supposed to be the toughest one, but because I've seen life with structure and routine and without it, I really value having direction in my life. So now what I'm realizing is, yeah, I'm going to, I, I have a much better day when in the morning, instead of looking at my cell phone and looking at emails and deleting, and now I'm already like, I'm already zoned in. I'm already distracted. That's a horrible way to start your day. The first thing I do and will continue to do is go right into my meditation. And while I'm not giving up coffee altogether, when I have my morning coffee, I will journal the night before because what I noticed was I would not write and then I wouldn't write the next day. And now when you're journaling and you're backlogging for three weeks, you're going to leave out a lot of the details and the details are what makes the journaling fun because it's so recent. So those are like my morning routines. I mean, working out too, like when you, as you know, you're a fit guy. Uh, once you get into the habit of working out, it becomes a really healthy addiction. And like when you don't go to the gym that day, you feel a little bit guilty and like you should have worked out that day. So it just becomes a part of who you are. And um, truly, man, I think oh, we mentioned the water thing. Uh, certainly that drinking more water. But I think just more than anything is just before going to bed at night is writing down what I'm doing the next day instead of waking up and having it be like a choose your own adventure day. And, you know, you can have one of those and once in a blue, that's, that's fine. But what you don't want to do is create a habit because then you'll go on a losing streak and you don't want to create any bad streaks. So planning your day from the night before is crucial to living a fulfilled life. That's what I'm picking up from this. And how good are you with not using your phone before you go to bed because that's something I'm struggling with. I'm trying to implement that as one of my evening routines, you know, like at least half an hour before bed, no looking at the phone or no looking at the phone in bed or try to limit my time watching TV and getting that blue light before bed. It's something I'm struggling with. Is that something that you struggle with or do you, do you manage that quite well? Um, so one thing I forgot to mention on the 75 hard program is you have to read 10 pages from a book per day. So what I've been doing is I've been uh, reading in the morning, but also at night, instead of having my phone, like I'll check my phone and when I, and I, I don't keep it next to my bed anymore. I keep it in the distance on my desk. So I leave the phone down 
Um, and I can't say that it's, I, I can't say that it's half hour before bed. I don't look at my phone, but I put my phone down, it's charged. And then I have my book and then I know I'm going to read 10 pages. Uh, I, I have read, I, I tend to read in the morning with right after journaling with my coffee. So I already fulfilled my 10 pages for the day and anything from that point on is just kind of extra. So I do try to make it a point to read 10 pages of a book before bed. And there's so many good things that could come from that. Obviously, like, you know, the lessons learned right before bed, um, you know, a lot of these stuff, stuff seeps into your subconscious. Um, so that's kind of what I've, I've been doing to not look at my phone, but to be honest with you, it, I still, there's a lot to be improved because there's a lot of times where I'll read the book and I'll be like, ah, I wanted to check something. So I'll get up and I'll, and I'll read it. So I'm guilty of that too. But in regards to like one cool thing I want to throw out too, is I just implemented this a few months ago. It's a game changer and I didn't come up with this, but I've heard it so many times. I never did it. And now that I have been doing it, I'm so grateful that I am. I keep a little notepad next to my bed with a pen. When I wake up in the morning, I write down my dreams and you will see and really notice that what we are surrounded by, the conversations we have, the people in our lives, what we watch, what we read, what we observe, even though you don't think you even picked up on it, you did. And it's somewhere embedded into your subconscious and it is making a change and somewhere whirling around your mind, making a difference in your opinions uh, and, and shifting how we view the world. And when you start writing this stuff down, you're like, damn, why did I think of that? Oh crap, that's because I overheard somebody on the subway talking about this and it, I didn't even realize I was really listening. So it just really makes you realize how important who we surround ourselves with, what we choose to take in and read and just observe. And, and it really makes you um, be more conscious of uh, your surroundings. When you start writing down your dreams, it is a complete game changer. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but it's like completely eye-opening. And just talking about surrounding yourself with the right people and community, let's talk about Clubhouse a little bit because I've seen you're quite active on there. Yes. You're starting your own rooms. Can you tell us a little bit about your Clubhouse experience? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I've been a part of um, three rooms I've been co-hosting, and that's why I haven't. I actually need to get back. So I have one on Wednesdays that I have to not continue because I have not been able to go into the inner circle group, and I miss you guys. So I need to get back <laughs> in that group, man. Um, yeah, but man, change the day. <laughs> I, know, I have to. So that's the one that's interchangeable. I think I'm going to get back into it very, very soon because I really, I, I really miss the group but it's been building certain skills within me that I really appreciate. So yeah, I've been on Clubhouse a bunch. I host two rooms. Uh, one is called Greek House. And basically we connect Greeks from around the world and we talk about different topics and we really, um, it's a really nice open forum where um, we meet pe- people of a similar background and it's all like-minded individuals. And if someone does not, you know, want to be, you know, vulnerable or just kind of like be open to being open, it probably won't be the group for them. They'll probably leave. They won't be regulars, but we've created like what we call, you know, I feel like this is used very often, but it's true. It's kind of like a safe space for people who have that similar background and realize like, oh, wow, there's a lot of people that think the same way as I do with this similar background and culture. And being that we couldn't go to Greece last year and meet up, you're meeting people all in one space. So, um, I have a lot of fun with that room. 
We also have a room on Thursdays where it's um, a high performer room where we really dive super deep into an array of different topics. And we've heard some stories that I will never forget. Um, it's not my place to, to share them. Um, that's for that individual to share them, but things that people have opened up and, ex and expressed how they've overcome. And it just makes you realize sometimes like when you think you had a bad day, you ain't seen nothing. You ain't seen nothing. Like there are people that have really gone through some major trauma in their life and they still manage, and maybe it didn't happen right away, but they've managed to find a smile, to find, yeah, totally, to find that, the light, to find, you know, to, to find purpose. Um, and it didn't slow them down in the long haul and empowered them and they owned it. And you're like, damn, those are winners right there. That's a winner when you could take any experience and still find a reason to like, you know, where others might've crumbled, but they used that as their fuel. It's just a really inspiring place. And, and that's the beauty of Clubhouse is you will find what you're looking for. So whatever you're into and whatever kind of thing you want to learn about, um, there's a there's a place for you there. And it's just a matter, it's just a matter of finding where your tribe's at. Yeah, definitely. I'm really enjoying the concept, man, because it's just giving people that voice to share their stories. And I think because it's just an audio only platform as well, it really makes you listen more to what they're saying so i think as a result you do become a better listener because you don't have any visuals to distract you so you're actually listening to all of the words which i think listening is a skill that we should all master and that, that actually goes back to my first ever podcast episode which was all about listening with a hostage negotiator so really do understand the importance of listening and i think it's a skill that we need to get better at and i think clubhouse is providing that experience is that negotiator is that chris voss he's the british version of chris voss <laughs> oh okay okay but, like I yeah said, man, he, but yeah, yeah he's incredible yeah yeah and and you're totally right man i think uh that's kind of the beauty of that is uh and people also feeling because they're not on video um I don't know, people just opened up in ways that they might not in person, they may, might not on video. And like I said, if you don't want to be in a chat where it talks about being open, that's okay. Uh, but if, you know, like I talked about also, I'm probably not going to be in this one too much longer. I'm in this entrepreneurial chat. I think a lot of people are a little too promoty all the time. So I'm probably going to distance myself from that one. That's why my, my heart is near and dear with the Tuesday and Thursday ones, because I like when people feel comfortable, when people feel comfortable to, uh, really expose themselves and when people man this is coming full circle this whole chat when people break the mask <laughs> and they uh, uh they show who they truly are behind the mask it's just so real and it makes you like you can't fake authenticity dude you know that you know that very well like people can't that you can maybe fool someone for for a moment or two but there's no staying power if you're not authentic and i think when you find those rooms of in uh, groups of people that dare to open up and pour out their hearts and souls. It's just so real. And it's so like, there's a, it's like a magnet that just pulls you in and it makes you want to be a part of it and also share your story too. So um, it's a good way to find like-minded people during a crazy time where people have not been able to meet because of the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. And I've got a question for you. If you had to create three laws that everyone should abide by, what 
would they be mm. and why? Okay, these are good, very good question. So I think the first thing I would do is when kids are in school as early as nursery, I remember we had nap time. I was way too high energy, even as a kid, to have anything to do with nap time. I remember sleeping a total of zero times during nap time. I just couldn't do it. I just, I had a lot of energy and I wanted to move. I think nap time should be replaced with meditation. Teach children at a young age how to meditate. And whether they fall, if they fall asleep, fantastic, great. But you know what? When you teach them how to breathe, how to take in the moment, how to t- really just be present in their environment and in that moment, they might not know they're meditating at that moment, but they are. And that's how you put somebody on the right track. That's how we'll calm people down. I don't calm them down, like tame them. But what I mean is just like give people the ability to be in control of themselves and their emotions as opposed to their emotions being in control of them. So I would absolutely institute meditation. And I got to say, like, I've seen my sister do it um, with my niece, who's two and a half, when she um, is getting a little uh, wound up. She'll say, okay, let's breathe. And then do five breaths in and out, in and out. And after breath five, this kid is like a new person. It's unbelievable. It's such a beautiful thing. And she's a great mother, my sister. And I I was like, I'm going to do that one day when I have kids for sure. But I would definitely uh, implement meditation uh, into the school systems. Two laws, um, additional ones, I would say very anti-bullying. And I would really uh, put harsher penalties on those that do. And I don't just mean from cyberbullying, which is a very real thing, but also again, in the school systems, I think in the past there was a lot of like, ah, kids are being kids. And, and that's true. You know, sometimes kids don't have bad intentions and they just, you know, they're just doing it to do it. They're experimenting with what kind of person they are. But I think too, if you really set that standard from a young age that we do not tolerate this, and you know, you're gonna get suspended or expelled on, on your second offense, it'll really, and I don't mean just joking around, like friends joke around, that's, that's what friends do, but really if you're with intent to hurt someone, um, there's no place for that. And you know, as you see, when people talk about their lives, people always revert back to them being children. So yes, children can sometimes in a schoolyard be cruel, but I think it, if, if, if they're properly taught, um, to really behave in a certain way, um, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll have less people that grow up with uh, hangups of, you know, childhood trauma, and it can be prevented. And it starts from the school system. And the third, this one is like has nothing to do with schooling, but it's just something that really bothers me a lot, and it always has since I was a kid. I hate littering. I really get upset when people litter. I, I like. It bends me. I get bent out of shape by it, to be quite honest with you. I just think it's like the rudest thing you can do. Um, the one thing that we all share is this planet. And when I see people take their food and just toss it in bags, I'm just like, that is, that's like, there's no place for that. So I would probably, if I was like mayor, um, I don't think I'd want that lifestyle, but you never know. Um, but I would, I would institute a harsh uh, fine 
like absurdly high fine for a penalty for littering because people would think twice and be like, I don't have the money to litter. Like I literally cannot afford to litter. And then you make an example out of some people and then people will, might think twice about doing it. Um, my friend is also doing 75 hard at the same time. Uh, my buddy, Phil. And one thing that he is, he posted on IG the other day that he, his random act of kindness for the day was to take a bag and fill it with trash. And he said, one of the things that he noticed, this is just the facts. One of the things that he noticed that he was picking up more than anything was fast food, liquor and alcohol bottles, cigarettes, and, uh, and, oh, and soda cans. So it's interesting because the people that are really not caring about what they're doing to themselves and putting in their own bodies, there's a correlation. A lot of times they're not caring about the outside world. Like if you don't care about your inside world, are you going to care about your outside world? So it kind of all comes full circle in the alignment that we talked about with mind, body, and soul. So um, those are the three laws I would come up with. And I'd like to end the podcast with one question. What can we all do from today to better serve ourselves and to serve others? Ooh, love that question. All right, so it's something that we talked about already, but I'm going to repeat it just because it's that important. Do one random act of kindness per day. It is a complete game changer. And again, make sure it's something that you wouldn't normally do. Go out of your way to do something kind for someone else. Not, you, not only will you make them feel better, you're going to make yourself feel a lot better. And you are going to put yourself in a place to make that change in the world and be that force for good that we talked about throughout the entire episode to really um, create that impact and to be a soldier in an army for good. So a random act of kindness, start with one. And once you do it, it's going to be something that you want to repeat over and over again. So that would be my advice. Yeah, I love it, man. And just before we go, do you want to just plug um, your website, your business, your Instagram handles? Where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, no, I'd love to. So yeah, so uh, real quick, I don't think I showed it earlier, but when I talked about my company, my company is called Rare Cut. We, again, created the only pocket square um, that's proprietary and um, retains its shape. So I'll just show you here. When you put in like, let's just say a messy look, no matter how you bend, twist, or fold it, it does it does stay up as promised. So this is not <laughs> going anywhere. This will be up. And we also just came out with a, uh, we, we just expanded into a lifestyle brand, which was really, really exciting uh, because a lot of people were saying, hey, like um, I'd, I'd like to be able to wear something, rock the, rock the brand when I'm not wearing a jacket. So we came up with that same concept of shop local. We made a shirt out of it. And uh, on the back of the shirt, we have uh, shop local down the back. Same thing, like I mentioned earlier, we're giving 10% of the proceeds to support local business through the Barstool Fund. So that's like, we just released that the other day and it's been so exciting to get the feedback and just uh, just see people like not just contributing and purchasing, but also just expressing their excitement for us. It, it gets us juiced up. So um, just appreciate everyone's support. Um, the website's rarecut.com. Instagram handle is the same at rarecut. And if uh, you want to see my uh, daily journeys as, a, as an entrepreneur and just an uh, individual, it's uh, at Anthony. Orisis. That's the Instagram handle. Oh, thanks, man.
thanks for your time and i appreciate it and you've shared a lot of gems with our listeners today in terms of business mindset purpose so appreciate you man and look forward to speaking to you soon this was a pleasure i thank you so much for having me on and uh again man i, I had a, a whole lot of fun and, and keep doing what you're doing as well you're doing a great thing bro cheers man thanks anthony has clearly demonstrated how you can start a side hustle and give back to the local community even when your product or service may not drastically change people's lives you can still use the revenue to start up your own initiatives and give back in other ways as he mentioned you don't have to leave your job if it isn't fully aligned with your purpose or fulfilling you you can start your own side hustle too and make the transition once you're ready go check out anthony's company Rarecut, and follow him on instagram to follow his journey if you enjoyed this podcast please hit subscribe so you can get a notification when a new episode is released also share it with your friends and family or whoever you think would be interested in this episode i would really appreciate it if you left a review on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast if you want to reach out to myself you can find me on instagram i'll leave the info in the show notes and i'll see you all in the next episode